Welcome to Full of Words, the podcast where Sue and CJ explore the power of language and effective communication to drive business success. Join us for practical insights and thoughtful discussions as we explore compelling book writing and persuasive copywriting strategies while having a few laughs along the way. Again, everyone, and welcome to the Full of Words podcast with myself, CJ from Catherine James Creative Copywriting, and Sue Kennedy from the Author Academy. How are you, Sue? I'm really well. How are you? Very good today. Thank you. And today we're following on with our part two of our limiting beliefs segment. So, if you haven't heard it, the first episode, the last week's episode had five common limiting beliefs that Sue comes across when she is talking to people about their skills around writing a book in no particular order. So you can definitely listen today and listen to five and go back and listen to the others as well. But by the end of this, you should have at least, it would surprise me if you hadn't heard some limiting beliefs that might be rattling around in your head about writing a book or could be about anything else as well. So it's worth a listen. So Sue, did you want to get started on your next limiting belief that you come across? Yes, I'll be happy to. So number six, as you said, no particular order, so it doesn't really matter. I've just got this number six on my list. (laughs) Yeah. It's I don't have a good enough idea for a book. Mm, I have that one. (laughs) A lot of people do. You know, and a lot of people actually start to write books with me and then all of a sudden like we get into it a little bit and they go, hmm, you know, that's actually not what I want to write about. Uh-huh. They'd like a good idea at the time, but no, I now I I actually want to write about this. And they then find out that, yeah, that's the actual book they should have been writing about, which is fine. It's, there's nothing wrong with that because you can shelf that book for later or that idea for later yeah. on. Yeah, it's just not the one that should be written first perhaps. So, And that's okay. But it's, you know, important to remember that there's no truly original ideas as such. It's about how you approach a particular topic. So, you know, if your topic is on cancer, for instance, so, you know, it could be that you've gone through cancer and you want to write about it. Now, a lot of people have been through it. I have as well. But it's the way we approach that topic of cancer and, you know, talking about it from our perspective. And because we all have a unique way of telling our journey around cancer in this instance, and you will resonate with people, you know, it will help someone or not hopefully more than one person, it'll help a lot of people. So the thing is that someone else may not have thought about it from your perspective and when they read it they go oh my goodness I'd never thought about it like that Mm. you know wow and it just changes their thinking around it completely so I think it's really important now to overcome this particular belief is of course good to brainstorm ideas and focus on what you're actually passionate about so you know if you're not passionate about it that's going to show up and, you know, you need to be able to write about something that you're passionate about because the other thing is when you go to write it, you're not going to, this is why a lot of books don't get completed. Mm. They're not passionate about it and so they just sit there and here's Molly. Hello, Molly. (laughs) Hello, Molly. Molly's our resident cat for anyone that can't see (laughs) Molly. 
Just listening. Molly is the resident cat. She's our little mascot. Yeah. It's a Zoom. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. It would not be the same if Molly didn't make an appearance. <laughs> Another way to get an idea as well for books is to, like, get inspiration about an idea if you haven't got one, is, you know, like reading books, watching TV and even movies. You know, then looking at that and going, oh, my goodness, I love that idea. You know, how can I put a spin on that to make it my own and be different? You know, yeah. so that's another, you know, one way of doing it. Yeah, I remember when I first read this idea that there are no original stories ever, like as in, and I remember initially being like, oh, that's a bit depressing. But but then realising that it's just themes. We all have similar stories and themes in common in our lives, things that are important to us. And that's what is important about sharing books because, as you said, your experience is unique and it might just be that uniqueness that makes it resonate for somebody else who is as unique. So, yeah, I think that it's useful to know that your ideas are not original but it's what you add to them that makes them unique. Exactly. So I think a great thing to do is to watch a movie, for instance, and just watch the way the storyline flows and, you know, really like tap into the way that they're, they're doing it. You know, like it'll start, hopefully it'll start with impact because that's the best way to start a book and movies. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start introducing the characters and then, you know, you have the antagonist, the protagonist and all that, the highs, the lows. And But watch the way that a movie weaves that through and take notes if you have to. Watch the movie a few times if you must. Mm -hmm. Take notes and then weave that into your story. You don't need to do it that way, but it's just an idea of how you could do it if you were sort of stuck, I suppose. Yeah. So moving on, that was a very long (laughs) (laughs) belief, but. Anyway, it's important now. The common one, I think. (laughs) They're all common. Yeah. They are common for us. The next one is I don't have the discipline to write a book. Ah, yes. This is quite, quite common. And, again, I'm not going to lie, It's you do need to have discipline and commitment and very challenging to stay motivated, especially when you are writing a book because it's usually a fairly big task. And the best way to overcome this particular belief is to break it down into smaller chunks. And I think I mentioned it in one of the other ones is just setting aside time, but marking it out in your diary, like, you know, make that appointment with yourself, put the sign up on the door that says, do not disturb, you know, genius at work, number one (laughs) best-selling book writer here at work, don't disturb, you know, whatever it takes, but working out when is the best time as well for you to write because you'll use excuses and that's, you know, being disciplined is really important because you can say, well, no, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to set time, you know, whether it's 2 a.m. in the morning, first thing in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whenever it is for you, just set 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever you can manage, just, yeah, really like and stick to it. So now the other thing is to again like have someone like myself as a book coach to hold you accountable and Mm. you know keep you on track to make sure that you get it done because I will be checking in and saying 
So how much have you written, CJ? <laughs> well, there's nothing like, is there, when you know you've got an appointment coming up with somebody or like in a course or something and you haven't done the work, but you're like, well, I'll do it, I'll rush it through because you know that somebody is going to ask you and you want to get that use of the valuable time. Yes, exactly. Plus, I don't know about you, but I like to get that tick of approval. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You've done it. Congratulations. And then I go, oh, I've put now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to do something and they're proud of me. So, you know, and it's the same for all of us. Next one is I'm too old or young to write a book. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never too old or too young. I mean, maybe the younger ones have probably got, you know, a fair bit of life happening and a lot of excitement and growing up. But even still, there's a lot of people that love to write, and I believe your daughter's one of those, CJ. So, you know, there are a lot of young people that like to write. So you're never too young and you're never too old. Now, going to the older generations, well, predominantly a lot of the people are retired that are then writing their life stories because then they've got the time to do that and have time to reflect back. Mm. You know, so, but it is, you know, sometimes it's people that are in business and have been in business for a while and they want to then write about all the great, amazing things that have happened in their business and share that with other people so that they too can utilize all that information and succeed for, you know, have that success for their businesses as well. Mm. I think probably when you are a bit older or, well, let's just say when you've lived a bit doesn't matter what age you are, as you say, you've had an experience and there is a time of reflection, it's a good time to write about it, definitely. And I've found over time, if you write about something soon after it's happened, sometimes when you come back to it later, it's really interesting the detail that you've written down that you sometimes don't remember as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. 100%. But the other thing is that like once like our older generation now, like once they go, all that history's gone. Yeah. You know, and it's really sad because a lot of people, you know, will not know what, how they lived and, you know, the things that they didn't went through. Like it's going to be gone, which is really sad. Mm. So we need to get those stories written. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot that people from a different generation can teach us. I know mm. there's a lot of joking about boomers and things like that. But, <laughs> but you know, if you were somebody who grew up in a generation that was post-war for instance or you know that's very different to these days and those and I, I find that's what my daughter is very interested in you know she's only 11 but she wants to know about these stories about the world wars because she finds it hard to conceive that this happened so then reading actual stories from people and she's only at the age where she's reading fictionalized things and nothing in too great detail but she's understanding the hardships of those times and that's really valuable as a human being to have empathy and understanding of different generations for sure. Exactly. And just being grateful that, you know, if it wasn't for them, we probably all wouldn't be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they set it all up for us. So thank you to them. Okay, number nine is writing a book won't make me money. <laughs> now, I'm not going to be here and say you're going to make millions because you may not. So if you're and the goal is to, you know, make millions unless you have got the most amazing story that can become a huge successful movie, you may not make millions. So, you know, I just want to say that. I mean, will you make money? 
Well, that also depends on you and how hard you work on getting the word out about your book. Because if you just write it, publish it, like, you know, get it printed and then you've got them sitting in boxes and you haven't told anyone about it, then you're not going to sell any copies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you need to actually tell people that you've got it. But, you know, to overcome this particular belief is focusing on the joy of writing the book. Okay? Mm. And also, you know, looking at the impact that your book can actually make on others. I think that's far more important than the money anyway. Yeah. So, you know, and you can utilise the book in other ways, as I mentioned. You know, you can run workshops. You can do all kinds of things to, and not directly from the book, like you could run a workshop around the book, sell the book or have the book as part of the workshop and teach what's in your book in the workshop and make money that way. Yeah. You make more money in that way than the actual book but mm. I can't say that for sure. It's important to remember as well too that sometimes it's not the right time for the idea for your book. So you hear famous stories I can't <laughs> but where somebody has sent their manuscript to 50 publishers who all rejected it and then one finally took it on and those publishers maybe things are a bit different these days with how you can self-publish as well. But I guess when we're talking big money and millions, it's probably the publishers who've got those connections to get it out into the world. They are the ones deciding what is going on and what's going to interest people at the moment. So it's, sometimes it's just not the right time for that particular book. doesn't mean you shouldn't write it. Exactly. No, I 100% agree. So, you know, I mean, look, at there's lots of famous authors that got rejected and then all of a sudden someone else picks them up and they're famous. So. Yeah. You know, and again, I think it goes back to the fact that it wasn't the right time when they originally wrote it. So, yep. yeah, anything can happen. So just, you know, you've got to just still write the book and look at it in a positive way and just get it out there. Yep. Okay, the last one, number 10. I'm afraid of being criticised or rejected by others. Yep. You know, this does happen and it can happen. And you need to just not look at it in a negative way. I mean, fear of criticism and rejection can be quite paralyzing for people. You know, I know when I was younger, if someone criticized me, I would get so upset, really upset. But now as I've got older, what I now do is I actually look at why they're criticizing me. And in some ways, it's not always about me. It's sometimes about them. In most mm. instances, it's more about them and not you. And then you know, having a real good think about what they're saying as far as their criticism and turning it into a positive. So, you know, wow, okay, well, hang on a minute, maybe that actually can help me, you know, and how can that help me? And maybe if I did do this or that, it could actually make it better. So, you know, turning a negative into a positive is always the best way forward, always. Mm. As I say, focus on the positives, not the negatives is yeah. way more important. I think that's really interesting advice too. And I guess it depends who's doing the criticising, you know, if it's some random person who has an egg for their profile picture or something on Facebook. <laughs> or the standard blue, you know. Yeah, you're not going to put emphasis onto that. And, look, sometimes people do criticise when they don't know you. I think generally, hopefully, you're getting constructive criticism from the people around you, yes. which is, and you listen, this did, just didn't quite work for me. 
I didn't quite see what you were getting at. As you say, you've got to take that and go, well, why didn't they see? What have I assumed in my writing? What haven't I explained clearly enough Mm. to turn it into a positive, as you say, and use that to improve your book? Because I guess you as a book coach, you have to provide that sort of feedback to people at times, which they may perceive as criticism. Exactly. What I have done in my workshops is I've paired people up and what they do is read each other's writing and give constructive feedback. And I remember one lady who's pretty much my age, which surprised me. And the the lady she was reading, was she's only like 13 years older. So there's not a big difference in age. (laughs) But she was writing her story and she was talking about those old ringer washing machines you know we used to have to oh yep yep (laughs) and yeah a very dangerous machine and a lot of people have lost fingers and hands from those machines and yeah not good but she had no idea what it was right yep that's a glory box she's like what's a glory box and she's like wow she said yeah I just naturally assumed that everyone knew what that was And so she took that constructive feedback and turned that into a positive by, you know, making a more descriptive, you know, way of describing those things so that anyone that hadn't heard of it, you know, could completely understand what that was about. Mm. You know, and it's the same as if, you know, you're writing and all of a sudden, you know, you've got the story and then it stops and then you start writing and it's something completely different. It doesn't make sense. So people are going to say, well, well your book doesn't make sense. Mm. <laughs> yeah, true. And you're going to go, what? And you're going to start doubting yourself. But yeah, but which part didn't you like? And so, yeah, I'll be finding out. But And then when they say, oh, well, you know, chapter two ended here and then chapter three started and it didn't really relate to chapter two. Then you can go, oh, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. Right. Well, I, I can fix that. And off you go. That's right. So I guess it's even if you're afraid you're going to get that sort of criticism, it's being open to changing it into something that's useful for you. Exactly. Exactly right. So, you know, you always turn your negatives into a positive, always, no matter what. Excellent. Okay. Well, I think that's our top 10, is that right? It is. <laughs> top 10 limiting beliefs. Well, maybe not top 10, but. Certainly common limiting beliefs that Sue has come across and heard people express to her and has strategies for dealing with. So if you've found any of those resonate with you, get in touch with us or with Sue via the social media. All the links are in the show notes and you can have a bit more of a chat about how these beliefs might be holding you back from actually writing your book. Yes, very good. And, yes, happy to have a chat with anyone that would like to have a heartstorming session and help me help you or help me (laughs) help me to help you right I was just thinking that (laughs) it's been a long day yeah to get you on your writing journey so yes I would love to help excellent yeah everything is in the show notes as we always have so thank you very much CJ for interviewing me it's been fantastic oh my pleasure it's been really interesting to hear that these are common beliefs and I think Quite a few of them will resonate with people throughout other jobs that they're doing and other parts of their life as well. And I think if anyone's gotten something out of listening today, it might be recognising a limiting belief, hopefully. And then once you recognise it, you can do something about it. Exactly right. Okay, well, that's been our Full of Words podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Sue, for your insights today. 
Thank you for having me. Fabulous. And we'll see you, or no, we won't see you. We might see you. Sometimes we see people. (laughs) Anyway, you're here for us. (laughs) We'll have another amazing episode next week. That sounds better. Thanks, Sue. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Full of Words. We hope you've gained valuable insights and enjoyed the journey with us. Keep honing your communication skills for success and join us next time for more exploration of the power of language in business.